0: our next guest is an absolutely iconic drummer he's actually one of my favorite drummers of all time and we're going to talk all about that coming up his brand new record called silver linings came out this summer and it features all kinds of really great covers that threw me a total curveball this is pretty crazy uh welcome to the show mr charlie benante there he is look at him everybody
1: look at him hey guys how are you
0: good bonjour charlie and by the way you forgot to say blast
2: beat innovator
1: oh yeah right <laughs> yes
2: that's true that's it's true, true. It, it <laughs> my is. apologies yeah, charlie, I tell, tell us there. about when you invented the blast beat how did you come up with
0: that uh mm-hmm. that kind of pattern <laughs> you know well, like that you're, that's kind of a bullshit question but at the same time that's actually a genuine question because i mean really charlie you you kind of were the innovator when it came to that stuff
1: well i mean look it's not i'm not i don't want to take full credit for doing that i take credit for it being the first time on record ever recorded but then people will say well no jazz drummers back in the 60s were doing a uh yeah a kind of a blast beat but um but yes that that is true that like some some of those drummers jazz drummers were doing it but did they inspire the metal genre that took it over no so that that was my whole thing i didn't say i i invented it i Back in like '83, it was um, myself, Danny Loker, who was also in Anthrax and also in SOD, and and, uh, and Scott. We would go to CBGBs a lot and see bands. Um, some of our favorite bands was a band uh, or, or a band called uh, AOD, Adrenaline Overdose from New Jersey. Uh, Negative Approach, Agnostic Front. They would have these sections in their songs where it would be like paddling. It was like like that. Danny Loker uh, and, and I were talking about that and possibly speeding it up so that it wasn't that and it became like a a kind of a blast, quick blast. Mm-hmm. DRI actually started doing it too. So on the S.O.D. record, the song Milk, uh, we wrote a song around that beat and that's how it happened. And that's the truth.
0: Wow. So Blast Beats came from punk bands at CBGBs.
1: Yeah, and there was a band uh, who played there, too, uh, called New York City Mayhem. And they had these kind of songs that were just short bursts, like S.O.D., and they were another uh, catalyst. Wow. Who were some of
0: the cool bands that you got to see back in the day as CBGBs?
1: You get to see, like, the Dictators, uh, you get to see, like, all those guys? I never saw the Dictators there, but I uh, did get to see, like, um, Circle Jerks and, you know, Bad Brains and, of course... uh, a- a- Agnostic Front were always our, one of our favorites. There was Agnostic Front and the chromax those two bands I thought were different. Um, and yeah, here's I a fun fact, by them.
2: the way, uh, Jeremy. Hmm. In uh, on July 25th, 1980, at the Palladium, Kiss uh, played with Eric uh, Eric Carr, I should say, for the hmm. first time, and both hmm. Charlie and I were there. Yep. That's right. The, yeah, you saw that gig. I did, oh, and Charlie saw that you gig. Guys. I remember was, uh, um being I, I go ahead sorry i'm just trying to think uh i was it was before my birthday so i was 11. Mm.
1: Uh, so okay so that was 1980 and uh, yeah. me and some of my friends were we knew where they were rehearsing and stuff and all that all that other fun stuff and we heard um you know eric play with them and then uh we were excited that they were going to do a show and uh, couldn't wait to go. We all went. And it was the first time I ever met Mark Weiss, the photographer. Mark, I was in the front of the and with my friend. And Mark had this kind of big bag with all his cameras in it. And he had a copy of Circus Magazine. And he was hanging out with, of all people, a young Matt Dillon eating a slice of pizza. And I knew who Matt Dillon was because there was this movie called Over the Edge, that I thought was the, one of the greatest movies at, at that time because it featured songs by Cheap Trick and it, it, it was just one of those movies. And uh, that was my first time meeting Mark Weiss, and I always bring that up to him, and he's like, "I remember that, you know." <laughs> remembers yeah, me
0: just, remembers meeting this little kid from the Bronx uh, or you know, yeah. just chilling just chilling at the Kiss concert.
2: <laughs> yeah. Listen, it yeah. was one of the greatest concerts ever, and I'm I'm surprised that there's not some kind of official video or recording of it because it was such a monument i mean it was a shift in the band and uh yeah. ho- hopefully they opened the vaults
0: and i hope hopefully they, they have it i can't imagine have, they
1: didn't record it. they have to have yeah. to have something yeah
0: and, and by the way let me just say i love the fact that you know being a kid from new york you you, you either were a dolls guy or you're a kiss guy and you're a kiss guy through and through
1: yeah yeah i was never into new york dolls i appreciated what what they were doing but um yeah, Kiss. I thought Kiss did it with uh, so much more pizzazz and like better songs too. Yeah, and a yeah. lot more coolness.
2: Let's get over quickly to uh, to Silver Lining, since that's what we're here for. Um, first and foremost, I, I saw you're covering uh, Bad Guy by Billie Eilish and all. that. You're actually using the the song samples, right? I mean, so how? Yeah. how I'm curious. How, how do you get permission for that? How do they not come after you and say, "Hey, you can't do that."
1: oh uh, well all the publishing goes to them I don't make anything from it um oh, and well, that's, a simple, uh, that's a simple yeah fix. <laughs> yeah and I I actually did I I I heard back from our manager and said that they loved it so that was cool
0: nice yeah because Mitch and I were sitting here we were listening to it in the car and we were like wait hold on a second I wonder who's gonna be singing bad guy and then it's the actual vocal stem and we're like well, how does he how did you get the rights to
1: this so that's cool Well, the thing is with uh what nowadays you know things are much easier to, to accomplish than they once were but um yeah i mean the whole reason behind doing that song is uh, because of my daughter who is now 15 mm-hmm. but at the time when i would drive her to school and drive her back home she would take over what gets played in the car and if you guys have kids i'm sure you understand this and Uh, A couple of years ago, she would always play this song by Billie Eilish called uh, Ocean Eyes. And, you know, most of the time she'll play stuff in the car and I'm just like, what is that? You know, but then sometimes she plays stuff and I'm like, "Hmm, what is that? You know, so that was one thing that kind of stood out. And then, of course, later on, that other record came out and had the song Bad Guy. And I'm like, this is really good. This is like very catchy and. Bam! It just exploded. So I always wanted to do a, a metalized type of version of, version it, of you it. know. It's yeah. amazing
0: how in 2021, you know, a metal guy like Charlie Benante is allowed, like, can get away with doing a cover of Billie Eilish. You know, if this was like 20 years ago, I'm sure you'd be labeled as a poser, you're a know, pussy. But, like, but hold on,
2: you? Children of Bottom covered Britney Spears like 20 years ago. They they did. Uh, yeah. Oops, I did it again. So. <laughs> But what, you're 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 right though. I have an 18 year old daughter, and I hear all kinds of stuff like this too. And I have to say, Lord, uh, 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 Dia Lupa, da, whatever she's called, uh, Billy Eilish, and uh, Post Malone, um, they've come to my ears thanks to my daughter. And and
1: it's
2: actually pretty cool. I think Post well, is great. Look, yeah,
1: <laughs> I think that's the thing that separates. Um, look, we could all have, we could all live in our little boxes, and nothing penetrates. But I've never been that way. I've always liked to listen to that and listen to this because at the end of the day, a good song is a good song. And that's yeah. that's it. Um, and well, and look, you're covering we, stuff we,
0: like Rhiannon. You got all kinds of stuff. Oh, yeah.
1: And it's, you know, it's all over the
0: place. It just goes to show it shows off your musical taste.
2: And, and I have oh, I'll just add this oh, before you answer. Sorry to cut you off. But we sort of expect you to do Kiss and Iron Maiden and and, <laughs> you know, Metallica and whatever. Yeah. And so to have you not be the, the the typical guy, that's what makes it exciting. And that's why it's yeah. a great record, Silver Lion.
1: Well, again, it's thinking outside of the box. And again, I will say this record wasn't planned. Uh, mm-hmm. This just happened. Um, so I was never thinking, it, it like, I'm going to put out a record of, of covers. It, it just happened that way. It was a very organic process. And it was a way of me kind of, Getting out of my depressive funk that I was in, and being creative again, and calling my friends who I knew were in the same state that I was, you know, right. help yeah. helping each other. Because at the end of the day, like um, Alex Skolnick and myself, we were talking about it, and it's like we're not just musicians; we are entertainers. Whether we like to, you know, uh, you know, believe that or not, but we are out doing it and we missed it and it felt really wrong that we weren't doing it. So this gave me a chance to kind of zone out and be creative again. And that's how it was. Right.
0: I love the fact that you said that though, we're, we're not musicians, we're entertainers And at the end of the day that the best musicians are.
2: Right. Well, yeah. Right. And you know what? When you go to a show and you see just musicians, it's kind of boring. You got to go see yeah. entertainers.
0: You either go you know, see Rush or you go see Kiss
1: and you're gonna have a lot more fun at Kiss. <laughs> well, because um, and you, you just hit the nail on the head. It's it's uh if if it was 20 years ago, I would say most bands could go out there and just play their songs, play their music, you know, because there was a there was a feeling of uh, this real connection with the crowd that it was like really deep. And then at some point, glitz and and Vegas took over and now Mm -hmm. normal bands have shows and it's like, Whoa, Mm -hmm. what happened to just setting up a little, uh, you know, stage prop here (laughs) with, with a a backdrop. No, no, no. Things got more vacancy and it's, uh, yeah. So now people want to go see a show. So in that moment when the song goes from mellow to heavy, boom, you know something is mm-hmm. going to explode you know right. so yeah i think people expect the show nowadays it's not just you know well, i also come think on. it
0: was it was technology that that made it a lot more accessible as well because yeah. you know before you couldn't get the pro tools ring and the ableton ring and sequence your lights and your rigs and everything and have video synced up you know the technology got cheap and everybody said fuck it let's let's invest into some good yeah. production Right.
1: So a lot of these bands that you, oh man, I shouldn't say that anyway. <laughs> yes, you should no, say it. it. That's what we're here <laughs> for. Say it. Uh, I was going to say a lot, of, a lot of the bands that headline these festivals, they have this big production, but if you saw them without the production, maybe it wouldn't be the same. hmm. Well, yeah.
2: it's, it, listen, it's true. There, there, there are a lot that are just way too much on the grid and they, they can't get out of that sort of trap.
0: But, and a lot of it's right. gimmicky too you know i mean like you go see ghosts and okay they sound good on the record but if you go see them you know stripped down no makeup or stuff i mean like, it's like oh, okay you know it's a couple of guys i
2: have to say yeah. i saw a ghost at heavy montreal a couple of years ago and i got to to watch it from the stage it was the strangest thing because there was not a single sound on the stage they all have in-ears
1: yeah so- they're all in-ears yeah.
2: <laughs> so i watched the show but I heard nothing. It was like watching Charlie Chaplin. It was like a silent movie. It was the strangest experience. I'm looking at all these people screaming and yelling, and I'm going, right. Mar- oh, that's
1: funny. This, Marcel Marceau.
2: Yeah. The- <laughs> it's true. It's like mimes. <laughs> it, it was the strangest experience ever, because I'm seeing all these fans singing along and throwing their hands up in the air and balloons, pa- pa- and you know, crowd surfing. And all yeah. I heard was dead
1: silence. It was
2: surreal, but it was ghosts yeah. what the
1: hell <laughs> but they but uh, again um the thing about that band in particular is it's very theatrical yeah. um and when you go see them you expect to see a show at least i do um but uh, again for me that first ghost album is fucking flawless Phenomenal. One, of, one of one of my favorites yeah. um but yeah so um but i think nowadays you have to push the envelope you have to do something more um, because even in the 90s nobody was really putting on that type of show except maybe like a, a Marilyn Manson you know right. you know so um, or Rob Zombie Rob Zombie yeah exactly so um, it came it all came back you know, mm-hmm. I, don't know the, over, I don't know where I don't I credit the I, Kiss
2: Reunion tour they made it cool again <laughs>
1: You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. True. You're probably right. Um well, A lot of these pop acts were, were, were also, you know, pushing the the Vegas envelope and like Shania Twain by any
2: chance? And, by uh, by like yeah. like <laughs>
1: but like you know, when you go see like a Britney Spears show and it's raining on the stage, well, it. it's like, really, well, do I need a rain? Sorry, let me tell you,
0: my first ever <laughs> concert was the Backstreet Boys in the Millennium tour. It was in the round, and they came out from one side of the arena on hoverboards and they flew over the audience. And I will never forget that as my first concert experience of like, nothing will ever top this. I
1: think, I wow, Joey Belladonna that's... did
0: that once, it was, it was exciting.
1: Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, there was this, um, uh, my daughter used to be into this band called 21 Pilots. I mean, she still likes them. Love I, I love those guys. I took her to see them a few times and they would do these things. They totally thought outside the box, man. They would do things like where the singer is on stage, and then he disappears and all of a sudden he's in the crowd and yeah. they just completely push the envelope. Or you know? he puts the so, drum
0: kit over the crowd and the crowd oh, the yeah. crowd
1: surfing. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. That, you know, I thought that was really cool. Everything they did, I'm like, that's good. That's good. That's another yeah. good thing. And they have good songs too, so.
0: I want to go back to the uh, the blast beat question really quickly. As a drummer, it's a bit of a technical question because you hear a lot of drummers get flack for using triggers these days and say, oh, all these drummers, they're, they're all just triggers. What's the difference between actually playing and having triggers on your kit? Explain to the mass general public.
1: So the, the the main thing with triggers, and I'll give you two sides of it too. Um, a lot of drummers use triggers um, for basically get, getting just getting the note to hear each note whether it's a very light tap or a hard tap, depend tap depends on you know the velocity of the drummer there's some drummers who are very you know pure and no i don't want triggers i'm playing it and that's how it is but there's other drummers who like to play with triggers um like for myself the reason why i started using triggers back back in the day was because of my monitors Mm -hmm. because I would spend three hours on a sound check trying to dial in the sound of an acoustic uh, drum with a microphone, and it just wasn't happening. So I I went to triggers for that reason, and I grew to love them. Um, I don't think it's cheating at all. Uh, I've heard that too. I just think it's a preference, and if you enjoy. Playing with the trigger, if you don't enjoy playing with the trigger, that's up to you. But I'd say it has nothing to do with your abilities or, or anything like that. It's it's just preference.
2: Yeah, right. I, I don't think it's cheating. Let me just quickly ask you, as an old guy, because I just had my birthday last week, uh, is it getting harder for you to play that as you get older? I mean, I, I know that my shoulders hurt just sitting here. It has, do you like on the next anthrax album, do you think,
1: okay, maybe I got to do a little more like Peter Chris so I don't <laughs> blow out my shoulders. like the- No, because um, that's the thing that I always uh, question myself. My ability is because like athletes, as they get a little bit older, it seems like they just go, that's it. I'm done. Which I never understood that because jazz cats, they'll go into their seventies, you know, and, and continue continue playing. Look, remember remember back in the day when the Stones were 40 years old and everybody was like, oh, they got to call it a day. They're yes, 40, they're yeah, old. That, that, yeah. that
2: 1980 tour, they were like, it's got to be the farewell. It's enough of them. <laughs> and here we are. And
1: I, I never understood that either. But um, So here we are, yes. And I'll just dive into the next Anthrax record for a minute, but there are songs on this next one that are a bit challenging. So it's not a question of my mind uh going backwards, it's moving forwards, you right. know.
0: So that means so there is some new anthrax music in the works then? Yes.
1: Yes. Oh, well, nice. That's good that's good news. That's I nice. mean there was there was produced <laughs> by, Mut Lange. Lange? by Mutt Lang? Is it but yeah. Mutt Lang? Produced by Mutt Lang and Shania Twain has a guest vocal on the song. So Bob Rock's great. engineering. <laughs> oh yeah, Bob's in it too. Yeah, and Bruce Fairbairn. Uh, oh, yeah, oh, he's oh, back the... from the dead. He's back from the uh, yeah. Uh,
2: and uh, <laughs> Jim Valance wrote nine of the ten songs. It's, fa- it's going to be fantastic. <laughs> jim
1: jim has been awesome to work with i may say i must say he called brian a couple of times because <laughs> uh brian was like i have a song it sounds it sounds a little like war machine but here take it anyway uh, yeah that's right hey brian and jim wrote war machine and rock and
2: roll hell on creatures of the night so what the hell that's yeah that's right why not right. the you next soundtrack an- the- song
0: yeah. I can already see the blabbermouth headline from this. Somebody's not gonna take this as a joke.
1: <laughs> no, yeah. someone's yeah. gonna say uh he he, he mentioned Bruce Fairbane. Bruce <laughs> Bruce is not with us anymore, so sorry yes. about that. Taking out of God. Jim Valance
2: and Brian Adams writing next Anthrax record. Yeah. Yep.
1: <laughs> My
2: God. So, though Jim well, does I'm live just, in uh, New York these days, so
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I always said the guys from Canada, man, they have some of the best ears in the business.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, listen, for the next covers record, I mean, like, it's funny because I can't picture you driving around, you know, listening to B96 or Kiss FM blasting Justin Bieber in your car Sean Mendes. No. And they, two good no. Canadian kids, you can cover them on the next album.
1: <laughs> no, no, I don't can think Can you so. imagine Charlie I, Benante
2: I hate- or Anthrax <laughs> doing yummy, yummy, yummy? I mean, Jesus. Oh,
1: man. <laughs> Charlie's drum remix of the Peaches? Come on. Actually, I like that. I like those first couple of peaches records so, um oh my uh, but anyway <laughs> yeah we're gonna do a... like a, a a tragically hip cover next time
2: yeah oh awesome. i think i'm an adult now there you go there
1: that's you actually go. a
0: great song or cover some kim mitchell go for a soda
1: wow there you go now you're going back gordon lightfoot yeah yeah, yeah. why not just, Most just silver, silver real...
0: linings it's uh it's available now wherever music is sold make sure you go pick that up
1: uh it's it's really great yes please do. Uh, and linings. I must say a lot of people were, were waiting so long for the vinyl because it came out on May 14th, but because of COVID vinyl has been pushed back so yeah. long. That's um, everyone. And now people are starting to get it in, in the mail and uh, I'm happy about that.
0: Awesome. Well, Charlie, you've said it all. Uh, we got new Anthrax music in the works. Silver Linings is out. Um, they got their graphic Triggers novel, by the cheating. way. Don't
2: forget their graphic novels.
0: Oh yeah. What's going on? Yeah. So talk about this graphic novel really quickly because we talked about it off the air, but I'm
1: really curious about this because I didn't even know about it. Yeah. Well, the the graphic novel uh, is something that I'm so happy about. And it's such an achievement because being a comic nerd since I was a little kid to have your own comic is, is such a goal. Um, So back when COVID started in the beginning of 20, um, I was talking about doing a comic book and trying to tie together the, uh, the album covers, because I'm trying to tell a story with each anthrax album cover from, we come for you all to uh, Mm. for all Kings, Josh Bernstein at Z two comics contacted Scott and I about doing a a book. And we were like, yeah, great. What's, what's the concept, you know? So he wanted to do the among the living album, each song, has its own story. Keep the title, but you know, change the, change the, the story of, of the song. And then we all started writing names of who we want to contribute to this, who we want to write it, who we want to illustrate it and, and draw it. And we came up with a handful of people and let's throw it out there and see if they're into it. And one by one, Corey Taylor, Rob Zombie, Gerard and Mikey Way from uh, My Chemical Romance, Brian Posehn, Joe Troman, uh, they all came together and and did it and that's how it came together and it's it's awesome but the most important part about it for me was i would get to do i would have some input in the art of the of the book and so scott wrote the story for the i am the law song and i did the the artwork for the for the cover so i was so happy to do that so it's not just a band agreeing to do something and everybody else does it the band had a lot of input on it and that that's it. Now now you, you've drawn
2: all the uh, uh, artwork for anthrax or most of it, right?
1: You've done. uh, I've designed like all the covers. Sometimes I've done them. I'll do the t-shirts. I'll do some of the singles, but I'm always a hundred percent involved in the, in the art Uh, because it's important to me that uh, the fans get something that is not someone else's idea. It's, all from the band you know what i mean right and enough, that it's yeah. very important to me and it's very important that each package is is interesting and it and it and and just unique. has to be that way be unique and unique too. yeah mm-hmm. because back in the day when you would get a record and you would spend the time just reading everything and i always say the smell of it and it's uh it's that experience yeah. that people don't have anymore
0: no, you're totally right. I mean, you know, kids today, it's like, you know, you go get the new Billie Eilish album, for example, and it's like, oh, available to stream, go stream it. But it's like, well, no, I, I want to go to the record store and I want to buy the CD and unwrap the shrink wrap off it. And, you know, even with the vinyl and put it on the turntable. It's like having that package, like just this past weekend, I went I went out and I got the new Iron Maiden record. It's three LP, you know, with the artwork and everything. And so I was sitting there reading the liner notes and listening to it. It's like, the, that's the experience That that's half... You know, you're buying the music, but you're also buying the artwork and the yes. packaging and everything.
1: We're, we're always being told how to do it nowadays. Nobody st- stops and says, "No, what? No, I don't want you to tell me how to do it. I want to do it the way I want to do it. And yeah. that's the problem. People are just like sheep. They just take what you here. This is the way we're doing it nowadays. Okay. We're all going to do podcasts now. Nobody else is doing, you know. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I think podcasts are great, but you well, know it what is I mean? Because so there's
0: a lot of bad podcasts, but <laughs> right, right.
1: But 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 nowadays you could walk into a Target or Walmart or Barnes and Noble. and You'll see a section of vinyl and you see these beautiful pieces of art. And yeah, it's like, wow, I'm so happy that that exists because the days of going to Tower Records and spending an hour in there. That's gone.
2: Yeah. I never no. got out of towers in under two hours. It was it was always an an adventure or yeah, one that of my wonderful rock on stock in Montreal just nonstop. Well, dude, I remember going to Music
0: World in Fairview. Remember Music World? <laughs> I remember <laughs> the little kiosks, the, 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 the little things. Um, yeah. just,
2: and then I'll finish on this. Uh, you played Rocklahoma recently. You're out there doing the shows. How are you feeling about doing shows? I, I mean, I, we sort of have to do them, but at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know there is a risk, well, but you got you. You can't just sit in your basement all day. I mean, though I no, love no, doing no. that.
1: <laughs> no, you have to move. You have to. Yeah. You have to be motivated, but you also have to push people to get with the program here. And it's only going to happen if we all pitch in and do it. Whether whether you're for uh, a certain political party or another, that has nothing to do with it. If you're if you're a human being and you want to go out and do things you're going to have to adapt and you're going to have to make some changes in your life you know what i mean mm-hmm. and that's my biggest thing it's like well stop wearing seatbelts don't don't stop for green lights anymore either just keep going mm-hmm. um don't fuck it. don't follow Get hammered anybody. and drive yeah. home fuck it yeah fuck it do it to it now there's a headline
0: <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> With- charlie benante endorses drinking and driving <laughs> but uh, i'll t- no he i'll, t- doesn't, I'll, t- I'll tell you I'll,
1: um I'll, no i don't i'll tell you this much <laughs> the thing the thing that was most shocking to me is getting back out there is that it took me four or five songs to settle down yeah. i i i was on my were my, you anxious oh, getting
0: back on stage and you were
1: like oh yeah yeah man really? it was it was like it took me a couple of songs to all right, I had to keep telling myself, settle the fuck down, dude. You That's know, amazing, and, I mean uh, you've
2: toured for thirty years. How how why are
1: you nervous? I don't know. Um, I don't know. I but no. of course it, it may have to do with not being on in that element for almost two years. You were finally blowing your load in that first five songs. <laughs> <laughs> no, there, the the whole set was just blast beats. Just like, <laughs> like, Triggers like, turned up to a thousand. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> But but yeah, and I think because uh, I spoke to some other guys in bands and they understood what I was talking about, you know, it's like, um, mm. wow, I got to mm. I got to take a take a step back here because I'm doing it now, you know, but the, the funny part about it after the second show, um, same thing happened a little bit, but then it was back to my fucking ears suck, man, turn it down. You know, it got mm-hmm. right back to. You got business. right back
0: to rock star bullshit. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, exactly.
0: You're yeah. like, oh, we we gotta talk to the sound man after the show.
2: Jesus yeah, yeah. Christ, what was he modern, doing? Modern hard, left, was hard left.
1: Hard <laughs> left. Exactly. What's what's wrong with him? Is he not vaccinated? What the fuck?
0: <laughs> yeah, he's unvaxxed. His mix is shit. <laughs> Well, listen, you've said it all, man. Oh, uh, before we man. go, we talked off the air before we got this thing going. We were talking about Shania Twain and Mott Lang, and you said you have a funny anecdote about two of them. So let, let's, let's get to
1: that. Yeah. Um, real quick, we were in New York doing a photo session in Central Park, and we took a break, and we went to this kind of cafeteria, this gourmet cafeteria place that had all these uh, little restaurants, and they had a Jamba Juice there. So it was packed. We went to Jamba juice and we sat down in a booth and at the corner of my eye online at Jamba Juice is Mutt Lang and Shania Twain. And we were like, oh my God, you know, it's, it's Mutt Lang, it's Mutt, you know. And um <laughs> they got their drink and there was no place to sit. And maybe they recognized us, but they came over and Shania actually said hello to us. But all we kept thinking about was, I gotta talk to Mutt Lang.
2: You know? Yeah. And that's a real music nerd where you turn down Shania Twain
0: to talk to Mutt Lang, to talk to Mutt.
1: And they sat with us and the conversation was just back in black. And that was it. And um, man, if I could do it again, I would have just, you know, probably done it the same way, but just talking to Mutt Lang about back in black, because to me, that that's for me, the greatest record yeah. of all times I, and i i don't mean just musically i mean sonically yeah. that record like when i'm gonna go buy a car or eq a system that's the re- that's what i play um so to talk to mutt lang about things like that and just maybe a little technical things, it, it was just it was such a treat and I'm sorry, we kind of ignored Shania Twain, but it was just like, <laughs> it's like, it's like, Sh- it's like Shania the
2: Americans it's, and ignoring the Canadians. Uh, it's kind of like our
1: history.
0: <laughs> yeah. did, you, did you ask, Mutt about, get, did you ask Mutt about getting that snare sound of back in black, the harmonizer and stuff?
1: Well, I asked him about the technique that they use and the uh, because I heard that they taped two sugar packets on the snare drum and he said, no, that 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 wasn't it he said something about a wallet but i don't know if that was true (laughs)
0: well
1: no his wallet is
0: huge we we know that (laughs) (laughs) was by the way was mutt just like totally shocked that you recognized him
1: I, i i think he was taken taken aback by it but um i mean you can't miss him either if you know anything about mutt lang you know he's pretty tall and you know he has the really nice hair with a lot with good product wow. in it so it's like that's must that's my Lang.
0: but he looks like an expensive record producer <laughs> yeah that's a, that's a good way of putting it but he's yeah. done
1: some of my favorite records you know
2: wasn't foreigner yeah. Four, hysteria waking up the neighbors well, with brian adams i mean
1: come on well again two of my favorites are back and black and high and dry i love mm-hmm. high and dry
2: high and dry is the best def leopard record period another hit and run is their best song period
1: Dude that's a it's a the the record is from start to finish flawless yeah.
2: yes it's just, and you know what's it, amazing with that record is you know in the old days we had side a and side b and you but when they put it to cd you could listen to it all the way through and it still sounded like a pert like it just it just fit there's not
1: one where you go, absolutely they need to
2: take that out Ooh. yeah it was no
1: just- man there there was such great songs in that record and uh uh Everything about it, the sound, I I saw them on that tour. And uh, for me, it was... its And people are going to say, no, it's not. But I thought it was a better record than Pyromania. Uh, I thought it was a better record than On Through the Night. But, you know, I think Bringing On The Heartbreak is probably one of the best ballad-y rock songs that you could put out there because it's not... It it, it didn't copy anything before, Before, I think.
2: It was just here then, I'll, I'll say it this there, there there are two sort of those ballady songs that are just classic that just sort of set the mold you've mm-hmm. got fade to black and you've got bringing on the heartbreak those two are the ones where you just go i want to be that good that's
1: well can i Can i add one more And as much as yeah it was played on mtv i would say home sweet home was another one that set it up for a lot of those bands yeah. to yeah. kind of copy yeah. those are sort of like um, the three blueprints and and i think those three took it from one band and that band was journey when journey did uh faithfully you know those were kind of that's where i think a lot of the band well that song really set those ballady rock type of things up that's just my two cents are you
0: blaming journey for ballads
1: i blame journey for everything (laughs) (laughs) neil sean they're so so great yeah, I love. Huh. I, I I love. I mean, you have a record like Escape, which is another record that's just like, man, you cannot deny the hits mm-hmm. on that record. Okay. And uh, yeah. yeah, man, it's just a great band. And that let's let's face it, that was a band that were playing stadiums back then too, and still are.
2: And and yeah. by the way, people hate when I say this, but my favorite Journey song is "Love and Touch and Squeezing." I just for some oh, reason song so it's good. awesome.
1: <laughs> it's such an awesome
2: song yeah that, that's the one that i that i bought the record i heard it somewhere on the radio or i guess it was not there was no mtv when i heard it and i i don't know it just it just
1: it, it it's it for me <laughs> yeah they 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 wrote these songs that was so like identifiable as soon as you heard it you you felt like you heard it so many times prior you know and uh, i remember seeing them on don Kirchner's rock concert and it was just like I was just kind of blown away. They had a great drummer, Steve Smith, Neil Sean, amazing guitar player, and Steve yep. Perry. I mean, come on, man. That lineup. can't. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's a, I mean, yeah. legendary at this point. They were untouchable, yeah. you know? And they've got a and new album coming out. On, uh, yeah, And by yeah, the
2: way, since we mentioned... Um, hmm. Yeah, they did. Since, since we mentioned Brian and, and Mutt, uh, Brian Adams' new album is coming out later this year or early next year, and Mutt Lang is producing
1: yeah wow that's cool so All that right, is
2: going to be something to look for that that is on my list of i gotta buy that the day it comes out
0: yeah so next time we're in a uh, mall we're gonna search at every jamba juice in new york city if they're together <laughs>
1: I'll, t- I'll tell you where it was. it was right down downtown like 57th street uh by columbus circle big area and that's where it was and i we didn't have these back then or, mm-hmm. or else I would have sent you the picture of us going, Damn. oh, my God. <laughs>
2: yep. Well, Jeremy yep. and I, we, we ran into uh, Obie O'Brien on the streets of New York one day. So <laughs> oh, there you was, go. That's
0: true. That was,
2: you know, <laughs> was kind of cool. We, we spoke Bon Jovi for
1: 10 minutes. It was fun. Yep. <laughs> you never know who you're going to meet on the streets of New York.
0: <laughs> Charlie, one go. last question before we go. New York question. Who had the better pastrami on rye, Carnegie Deli or Katz's? Katz. Untouchable, right?
1: um i mean look other people will, would say oh the carnegie man but i for me i thought it was cats and cats had the best hot dogs and the best knishes bar Hand down hands down those only island Knishes, man you can't <laughs> you cannot you cannot get a better knish um and if you guys are familiar with the show uh the marvelous miss mabel you ever watch that show oh, i did it's um, on the uh, amazon prime Amazon Prime. It's such a, a great testament to New York in the fifties. And there's like a deli that they go to all the time, which is basically based on cats. Mm-hmm. Cats is deli. And it's a great show. And I can't wait for the next season. Plug One me. last question.
0: Sabrette <laughs> or Nathan's? Oh, <laughs> all
1: right, hold on, look, I'm going to go uh, Go ahead. Uh, I'm going to go with the subret because it has a better crunch.
0: Yeah, it depends. <laughs> So it depends which Nathan's you go to. Some of them are snappy,
1: some of them are flimsy, you know? It's so a brett, you you know what you get. Yep. Yeah, man. nothing beats a dirty water dog in New York. There's just nothing like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and in, in Chicago here, you know, there's tons of places, uh famous hot dog places. There's one this one place called Gene and Jude's. They do it where they put the fries on top of the of the hot dog. Oh, nice um and there's of course the wiener circle where you get insulted for ordering um mm-hmm. so there's a lot of good hot places. <laughs> you get insulted for order <laughs> yeah, oh yeah they're,
0: yeah they're famous for it that's like going to yeah. any restaurant in montreal they're like yeah leave us alone actually next time you come charlie i'll get you a i'll get you a poutine dog so what they do is they take the steam a and then they put a poutine on top of it so instead of just the fries they put the fries cheese and the gravy in the dog and it's
1: Oh yeah! Oh
0: yeah! Oh yeah! (laughs)
1: Wow!
0: Yeah, Mitch is cringing right now because he hates
2: poutine. But oh man, it's I don't hate poutine. I just I've never had one. I I just don't see the appeal of wet fries. That's all. (laughs)
1: You're amazing. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I've 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 had those two. I remember, and I I didn't get it either, to be honest with you, but. But I didn't know that you could put it on top of the dog. I just saw it served as Yeah, as some place that you can get it if you're drunk at three in the morning They like, say, give me a putin dog. Okay, don't put sin dog. You know, it's well, like that kind of thing. Like in Mexico, um, after the show, I'll never forget this. We were we went back to the hotel and there was a guy selling hot dogs outside and the hot dog was like wrapped in bacon. Mm, um wow. and it was like and we were drinking and and uh we had them and they were great and they tasted so good and the next day they weren't so great
0: Ooh, <laughs> no. yeah but booze and grease
2: don't go together
0: that's well the it next day was, Greece, uh... yeah, yeah you use the Potent is the best hangover remedy i'll tell yeah, you but, that but booze and grease <laughs> is a very bad combination
1: <laughs> yeah dude it's like uh well you never learn you never learn
0: nope. yeah
1: Charlie's just mad that
0: pretends better than disco fries. So I'll leave it at that.
1: <laughs> disco fries <laughs> at Chili's. Oh my
2: God. There you go. Uh, Charlie, right. always, always a pleasure. And of course, uh, next time you're in Montreal, happy to show you around as always.
1: Yeah, man. Heavy MTL. Let's go. Let's do it.
2: Yeah, let's yep, do let's that. Do it. Time to get Silver back linings the best.
0: available yeah. now. Go uh, pick up his
1: big cover of Bad Guy from Billie Eilish. I mean, it's the only <laughs> <movie>. <laughs> can't go wrong, you know? Can't go wrong there. And, of course, there's other covers from Massive Attack to Mother Love Bone to U2. You got the Kiss. Uh, you, Hey, you got Darren yeah, Let's you see what we got. got uh, on there, Transylvania,
2: so. you've got Presto Vivace and, by UK, uh, Jimmy James, Beastie Boys, all the way, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera.
1: And we, and we have
2: some fellow uh, Canadians
1: on there from Sum 41. Mm-hmm
2: uh which let's see which right. one has uh which I'm, I'm looking uh which one has uh frank the Mark, public
1: image cover the public image cover of course oh of course the last
2: one on the page <laughs> there okay. it is yes uh, yeah. jason <laughs> yeah there it is oh there of you go <laughs> the canadians are at the
0: bottom of the
1: b-side oh i didn't do that i love <laughs> i love i love those guys man hey by yeah, the way great, before we did, just like really
0: people. quickly because we were cracking up at the uh, the cover like of all the way and mr pete it's like how did you get those drum tones <sighs>
1: Ah, that's a whole other technical. That this is all right. Let me let me beat my Lang for a minute. Um, Perfect. So Mitch is going to love this. <laughs> the thing about doing these songs is I, I and I told everyone else like paying attention to the detail of the song. I want it to sound like the song. So, what I would do is I would go in and find an isolated piece and cut it and then put it in my rolling um, brain and get it so right that. <sighs> Wow, that's Peter's snare drum, boom, wow, that's Peter's Tom yeah and that's how I, and that's how I did it, but again, paying attention to detail because it was important to me and I know when when fans hear it, they're like, wow because some some people were saying that we were just lip syncing It's like no, 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 we recreated this whole thing and again, I got to give credit to my friends uh in the band uh classic 78 who also helped out a lot on those songs mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, because I heard it and I was like, I was like, sounds like sounds like the drum track. Like, what's going on? Are these samples or are they playing along? (laughs) Like even Mitchell, like, dude, that's Peter's snare. That's Peter's drums. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Peter's snare is very identifiable, like John Bonham's snare. And Peter had this kind of nice boing to, to his snare. Oh, I love it, man. You can't beat the snare on Christine 16. It is the best. (laughs) <laughs> and Mutt Lang didn't do it, and Butt Lang didn't produce that. Eddie Kramer did, and Eddie Kramer yep. is another genius.
0: Yep, but no, you're totally <laughs> right. That that bonk, that like honkiness of like, ah, oh. that
1: da da da, da 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 da, it's so true. It's so great, man. I love it.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, this is so great to meet you, man. This is a blast. <laughs>
2: yeah, man, way, I hope we, to we, see you go. go ahead, uh, I was just gonna say, we first said goodbye 18 minutes
1: ago. <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i know i know but uh man let's hang out next time we're up there and 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 talk all this fun stuff
0: yeah and we can show mitch uh your triggers and we, and we can show uh <laughs> we can show we can show uh charlie your
2: top 40 studio and see what that's like there you go totally
0: yeah, yeah.
1: awesome all right well thank thank you guys Merci bien. Cool. have a good day <laughs> take care bro all right have man later. have a good day thanks everybody